Attention! The movie guys love movies. Anyone confused as to why Angelina Jolie would leave Brad Pitt clearly aren't listening to the movie Showcast. Isn't that right, Samantha Hale? I did get to meet Brad, and he was so nice, and he was so sweet. And then they're like, hey, so Brad has a little nickname on the set. I said, oh, yeah, what is it? And they're like, just watch this. Everyone was eating ice cream. And then Brad takes an ice cream cone and walks up the stairs to, and literally farts all the way up the entire <laughs> staircase. And so David Fincher was, hey, gas man, we're going to shoot. Can you put the ice cream down? I think that explains it right there. Yeah. yeah. Why were we referenced on TMZ? Yeah. I know, right? It was disclosed right here weeks ago. Why is it a, why is it a shock to the nation? We knew. <laughs> Hey, we were talking about the movie guy's bump last week. You know, good things happen to some guests. Mm-hmm. Get ready for it, by the way. Yes, it's uh, going to happen. But there's also the movie guy's dump, and that sometimes <laughs> bad things happen. So I think and that maybe we predicted literally that. was a dump. Yeah. <laughs> that was merely, he wasn't even here. That was merely our mention of mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. and then bad things happen. The power we have. <laughs> oh, speaking of the movie guy's yes. bump, by the way. So Ryan McKee, we talked about it last week. He was in the show a couple weeks back. Goes to the Emmys. Yeah. Wins an Emmy for writing for The Late Late Show with James Corden. So I go on Facebook and I tell him, that was playing it cool, right? Because we never even talked about it. He never yeah. even brought it up. He didn't lead with it or anything. Yeah. He never talked about his Emmy nomination. And he goes and he wins. And then, you know, proof that he's a cool, funny guy. He writes back, well, we just had way too much time devoted to the light between oceans. Ah, that's amazing. <laughs> we had to spend time on that. You know. oh, Very that's busy. the worst movie. That's fantastic. That was uh, Todd, that was the movie that was out that week that we were forced to talk about. And um, did anyone see it? No, no, but I'm obsessed with pretentious kind of the dramatic movies like this. Oh, like, I really do want to see okay. it in this weird way. It's That's such sad. an Oscars movie. Like It's dark. about this baby, well, this lady and her husband, and they can't have a baby, but then one day a baby washes up in a uh, boat with a dead like guy. Lighthouse keepers. <laughs> living a lighthouse keeper life. Like, it's just like, and they write letters. It's made who to be morose. Who directed it? Uh, it's is it's it legit? directed by yeah. uh, the guy Derek Chianfrance, who directed uh, Blue Valentine, which is a great movie, actually. But and also like The Wind Beneath the, place the Pines. Between the pines. Yeah. 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 Uh, sure. Because he only names his movies after Bob Ross paintings. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, and then it stars Michael Fassbender and Alicia yeah. Vikander. So yeah. decent stars, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's probably got some solid pedigree. It's just you can't help but goof on a movie that just looks like it came right out of masterpiece theater. And Absolutely. I can understand why if I was up for an Emmy Award nomination, I would be like, you know what? It's not about me. It's about this pine. What is this movie called? <laughs> Space between my ears. What's it called? Space <laughs> between oceans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, both are huge. <laughs> Pause between thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in case we were wondering if we shoot in a garage, because we were talking about, can you hear the planes that go overhead because we're so close to the Burbank Airport? Sure. That's a cricket. I hate that cricket. <laughs> oh, I, I hate don't know that if you can hear it, but that cricket. I don't man, think anyone can hear it. It comes back no. every now year. You can, now it's all they can to hear. Haunt me. Now it's all I can hear. <laughs> uh, Steve Schultz, country, uh, contributor to the program. We send jokes. Contributioner. A contributor. Since the beginning. Um <laughs> Also sends notes every once in a while at the beginning of oh the show. Dear. Remember okay. one week he said, hey, Gary Marshall died. Good luck with the show. <laughs> <laughs> so he writes me today, Curtis Hansen died. Good luck with the show. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Oh. Curtis Hansen, director of 8 Mile and LA Confidential. River Wild. Yeah. The Bedroom Window. Mm. Et cetera, et cetera. Great filmmaker. And apparently a heart attack. I also didn't know he was 71. Mm. Like he's, I don't recall him being a real old guy, but I guess The Bedroom Window, the first time I ever heard of him, is mid-80s. So he's been doing it. Wow. 
Bedroom Window, that was uh, with, um, what's his face? Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg. Ah. Thank you. <laughs> I've heard of him. That's a Hitchcock. They just showed that at the New Beverly last month, or two months ago. They did. That's yeah. Cool. And uh, yeah, actually, it was a Curtis Hansen Fest month, right? They showed all of Curtis Hansen's, or a bunch of them. Did they? Yeah, because uh-huh, I yeah. would have gone to LA Confidential. Not like this month where it's a J. Lee Thompson. I love that, <laughs> by the way. Well, thank you, Steve, for bringing that up. Thank you. Well, right yeah, at the top of the news. show. It'll be news by all the time right. this gets out. And uh, yeah, that sucks, man. LA Confidential. What a solid, great movie. That's <clears> the year I couldn't decide. I'm kind of a milt. I'm not Bardesque in my miltness, but I, I am a man in love Men. with Titanic. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. that is, Tom. Mm-hmm. Are you a milt? Uh, no. no. No, me neither. Not so much the Titanic? Yeah. Hey. I'm not so much a man, so that works out for me. There you go. That and Boogie Nights <gasps> and Boogie LA Nights. Confidential came oh. out in 97. Oh. I love all three of those movies equally. Yeah. I couldn't pick a favorite that year. Boogie Nights. Yeah? It's just got such strong women, and it's so powerful, and it's just so interesting and unique. I mean, LA Confidential is, is good, too, but that one... Boogie Nights, come on. How many of us knew all that about porn? Uh, I wasn't aware I learned anything. <laughs> I learned all about the backside of porn, but that didn't sound right, did <laughs> Does it? Does it seem like Boogie Nights stood the test of time better, though? I mean, like. Well, I think so, because point. it takes place in the 70s, yeah. even though it was uh-huh. made in the 90s. Yeah. I bet you other movies from 97 don't hold up as well as period. But that whole pieces. cast also went on to be in yep. tons and tons of great stuff. I mean, that's, that's the first more. time. We're just getting to know William H. Macy. I think the same year as Fargo, right? So really, uh, the next year, yeah. The next so year, that yeah, was his so. heyday. He was in everything Philip and everything Seymour that was Hoffman. awesome. And it's the beginning of Mark Wahlberg, mm-hmm. basically. And, and then, uh, oh, Philip Seymour Philip Hoffman, Seymour. and yeah. and the other one, Nebuchadnezzar. John C. Riley. John oh, yeah. C. Riley. Yeah, John C. Riley. Absolutely. He's fantastic in that. What do you so, bench yeah. press? What do you bench press? You see that new movie, Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> People say I could look kind of like Han Solo. Oh, it's the best. It's such the best. 97. I, great year for movies. I love oh. when William H. Macy goes on the driveway and his wife is just having sex oh, with somebody. It's amazing. I, it's a great movie. Oh, and that's that's all one long shot. Yeah. When he goes and gets his gun out of the yeah. car and then goes in and kills himself, that's uh, all one long shot. There's some great indie film stuff going stuff on. Stuff going yeah. on that I, I have... I've been doing some lift driving for nice. The, you know, oh, so you might sure. see me out there Enjoy. driving around Enjoy. if you call Lift in L.A. Hey, what's your favorite movie? You be sure be <laughs> having exactly. on you. I've had that you conversation. Yeah. I've had that, that conversation. Um, but I bring a CD to play in the car because I like to leave the phone available sure. just for that running the app. Of course, you know. And so I brought in the Boogie Nights soundtrack. Nice. And there's some that's great driving around L.A. to the Boogie Nights oh, soundtrack. Yeah. And when you hear those songs now, I don't know what sort of meaning something like. Uh, uh, spill the wine head beforehand, mm-hmm. but now it's all I think of is the great pool party going yeah. on at Jack's mm-hmm. house in Boogie Nights. Totally. I've got a brand new pair of roller skates. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> you immediately on. think of Naked Heather Grant. Yes, I love this music. <laughs> and I remember when that came out. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, there was two Boogie Night soundtracks. There's a second. I got them one both. Yeah. Yeah. I've driven around yes. to both of them. Oh God! And, and nobody doesn't like anything on that those CDs. Right. Yeah, it's because you have one that has the like they each have a hidden track. One of one is. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And the other one is the cover of You Got the Touch. So you yeah. got to get both CDs nice. so you have all those songs. Oh, you my got gosh. the touch. What a great joke. The Transformer, <laughs> he's recording the Transformers soundtrack yeah. for Transformers the movie. <laughs> well, I haven't even welcomed everybody oh, officially. Let me do that. Welcome yes. to the movie showcast, part of our vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. Mm. You've reached oh. ground zero for all things mm. movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, banter, special guests, and more. You can expect that in the next 90 minutes or so as we broadcast from our studio, the Admirals Club, in the heart of Burbank Airport's Flyover Zone. 
Every week we jump on the mics and bring you brand new show. Absolutely. Hey, Paul, I just... Uh, yes, I Karen not, in for Bart? I did not have time to lick all my green stamps and put them in the book uh-huh. in order to come here and pay you with green stamps. So uh, I hope maybe you can just wait or just take them off the book maybe. You needn't do such things. I don't need you to. You need to go to such measures. Yes. The show is free. Wait, what? No matter where you find it, the show is free. Well, I can save those green stamps and get me a G.I. guy. A G.I. Like they could always get something that was a slightly generic <laughs> version of like what was out there. <laughs> Chef Boyardan. <laughs> A Hoffy bike. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're wondering where to find the show, look, just go on uh, on Bing, Google, or Yahoo. Search the movie, guys. We come up. And we're all over social media as well. I'm the host here for the hardest working comedy show in the airwaves, Paul Preston, with Karen Volpe. Why are you pretending to capture ghosts? And Adam Witt. You bet I could. I'm not such a bad pilot myself. We don't have to sit here and listen to this. Bart is sick this week. If you remember, oh. last week we announced that Bart was missing the show because he was in Las Vegas. So uh-huh. really, this all makes sense. He went and got the Zika in Vegas. So he had a good time. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Sitting in the Bart chair of the whole show as a friend of the show has been dipping his toes into stand-up comedy. Plus, he's family, right? I, but you can't figure f- out exactly how. Figure, ah. We'll figure this out. Todd Malta is with us. Uh, nobody told me to prepare a quote. <laughs> ah. if, oh, I know what that But if you were going to. From Quick Change, right? We were discussing like the quotability of, of movies and how you have to handle yourself when you're quoting mm-hmm. in the world. You know, you don't want to be that quote bully. Yeah, you want yeah, to be yeah, the inclusive right, yeah. quoter, right? How would you lead in a quote? What do you got? Oh, on the spot here, I come up with, uh, "Hey, look at me! I'm a cowboy! Bang, bang, shoot, shoot, but with guns." Is that from Parenthood? <laughs> no, it's from the Lego Movie. Oh, that's oh nice. that was a good movie. Yes, that was a very good movie. I love Batman. Movie. Batman's great. Fantastic! Yeah. Very good. Good job. All right, very nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, we're gonna bring you, as always, what? our patented movie previews. Three new films <laughs> pop up in theaters. <laughs> Please tell your friends to listen, because this is a movie preview show. A lot right. of people tell me, I haven't seen these movies. Neither have we. Neither have we. Mm-hmm. So, yes, tune in. We're just talking about what's opening up the weekend after the show airs. So, so. Some people haven't even heard of any of these movies, and that's what we do for the audience. We hear of these for you. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yes. sometimes Paul gives us a list, and I'm like, I don't I don't think that's a movie. We can't watch oh, that. Now I've heard of Turns these. It is. <laughs> that's not a movie. Uh, you can listen to every episode every week without having to keep... Uh, caught up on seeing everything. Just tune in and enjoy the comedy. We're a comedy show. Yeah. Sure. Okay. This week, the ha-has will be flying over the Magnificent Seven, a film that does for westerns and numbers what Ocean's Eleven did for numbers and bodies of water. Plus, <laughs> The Light Between Oceans and Bridget Jones, Baby Month continues with Storks. Oh, dear. And later in the show, Queen of Cotway, a movie about chess, so we can mm. start getting ready to throw down chess terms like double isolated pawns. Ooh, and simultaneous display. And go down on a bishop. Mm-hmm. All right, I just don't know a lot about chess, <laughs> so, yeah. Things. It sounded From like someone was going down in a bishop. Did you hear that? Don't think about such things. Why not? You'd be disappointed. Well, there was some plot in there about I don't know. I just heard a bunch of noises and thudding and well, stuff. Well, but I, I'm sorry. I was doing bits over that. It sounded like bat dance. <laughs> it did, you're right. <laughs> 
things. Go with a smile. Lois Lane. Is that what it is? Oh, Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. I'm doing the wrong. Lois Lane. Lois Lane. That's funny. A great album. Is that a great album? I don't know. I'm ready to revisit because I had a lot of... You're a big Prince fan. I kind of wasn't until I just did the Black Movie soundtrack thing for the Hollywood Bowl. And there was a whole Prince... Uh, montage I had to put together. There's all this Prince song, I, this music I don't even know, even stuff from Batman. I, I'm, I'm ready yeah. to check that one out again. At the time, I was such a Danny Elfman fan. I was like, how dare you? See, I don't think Prince ever quite got into an overly 80s period, so mm-hmm. I think you could still listen to that music and it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, 84 was uh, Purple Rain, and then followed by Around the World in a Day and, and uh, Under the Cherry Moon. So all that stuff kind of flies in the face of the over type of yeah. uh, new wave pop. Yeah. So he's always had his own sound. And I think mm-hmm. he carried through to that album as well. And I, I'd like to give it a re-listen to yeah, I remember it being it. great. Yeah. I remember liking the ballad. When a lot of times when the Prince ballad right. came out, you like, oh, well, get through this and get on to the next song. Well, that's so. the thing, too. At the time, I didn't know what to make of Prince. I was like, is Purple Rain followed by what? And then what? But now, what? like, you realize he's this huge auteur, yeah. and that he could do any type of music. So now I'm like, all right, I'm going to go watch him be a master of this type of music. Now. I love that's what Queen of Cotway had us talking about. Yeah, <laughs> well, that happens. All right, let's get to the first movie It's ironic of the big weekend. Queen had us talking about uh, Prince. Mamma mia. Mm, okay, anyway. Uh, let's get to the first big <laughs> movie of the weekend, Storks. Oh. Karen, let's tell the people what it is all about. I got some wild, wild If a movie opens in theaters and nobody is there to hear it, does it make a sound? (laughs) I think we're going to finally get the answer to that age-old question this week when the wildlife hits your local cineplex. Paul, 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 excuse me. Yes? You're you're playing a tape of of a show from two weeks ago. Yes, yes I am. I'm playing tape from a two-week-old show because I, I, I felt it seemed to fit. But why would you put a show from two weeks ago on tape in order to play it back? I'm sorry, it seemed like the right thing to do, but... All right, no matter. Let's let's preview Storks. <laughs> How did the tape scratch? All right, we'll get back to it. The Secret Life of Pets is based on the broken potted plant, shredded roll of toilet paper, and vomit full of fruity pebbles I found when I returned from what felt like a very short trip. <laughs> the Secret Life of Pets sets Paul, out to Paul, answer some second. of the Paul. oldest <laughs> mysteries known Paul, to Paul, I know that's me talking, but I'm not... <laughs> Talking, I'm talking over me because that's a recording. That's actually a recording from our show in July. Well, yeah. It seemed mm. like the same plot as The Secret Life of Pets. <laughs> what you're saying, it's not? No, and why would you put that show on vinyl? It's the hip new thing, man. Oh. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> All right, but All right. seriously, we have fun here. Uh-huh. Storks is actually yes. not worth talking no. about, but here it goes. <laughs> Adam, go ahead. We love Storks. Not the snorks. Right? <laughs> How many times have I told you not to show our age until we get a sponsor? Oh, Hot topic. <laughs> Hot topic. If you're still listening, we don't know who the snorks are. Never All right, let's talk that. about this movie Never for heard. real. The heated election season debate between Republicans and Democrats over whether storks actually bring babies gets a shot in the arm with Storks, the latest film from Kirk Cameron. In the featured debut of the species, storks have given up delivering babies and gone on strike after delivering Kim Kardashian and Kanye West's baby. Storks well, now do. deliver packages. So if you're wondering how Amazon Prime now can deliver deodorant in an hour, it's because your parents had sex. 
Oh, wait a minute. I just messed up my mix of fours right there. Hmm. <laughs> Having gotten out of the baby delivering business and into the consumer products package delivery business for an online store, the Storks have finally answered the question every child eventually asks. Where do babies come from? The Internet. And if you've ever watched the Internet, then you know I'm right. Yeah. With storks no longer trained in birth and no babies, the antics go from junior to baby-making machine. Like Actimom? It's more complex than that. It's not that complex. I once saw MacGyver create a baby-making machine with only tequila and a Barry White album. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan was briefly attached to this project, but was fired after they rejected his twist ending, where it turned out the storks were delivering a baby to a family in China that already had one child. <laughs> We here at the Movie Guys don't like to give away any major plot points or spoilers to any of the movies we preview. Now, if only the movie trailers had that same policy. If this baby finds her family, then maybe I can find mine. You'll find your family. You think? For sure. Well, all right. Actually, as much of a spoiler as that clip is in the trailer, this might be the greatest trailer ever because I still can't quite tell just what the hell is going on in this movie. <laughs> no, me either. But since we here at the Movie Guys are first and foremost journalists... Oh, yeah. We will take a shot at summing up the plot of Storks based on the several trailers we have watched. A little girl, possibly raised by wolves, we're not sure, ends up working for a company of storks that used to deliver babies, but now delivers packages for an online store. The orphan human girl discovers a human baby, also possibly raised by wolves, somewhere in the stork's inventory, and decides that she is going to deliver the leftover baby to a family that had apparently ordered the baby some time ago, but never received it, probably because it was delivered via snail mail. <gasps> she... <laughs> She enlists the help of the son of the owner of the company, who is set to inherit the business in just a few days, providing nothing goes wrong. Wait a minute, are what? you sure about that? Monday, it'll all be yours. Sorry, any monumental screw-up. Right. Thanks yeah. again, trailer. Go ahead. <laughs> Unfortunately, delivering babies by dropping them down a chimney is very much frowned upon by the owner of the company and by society in general, so the mission to deliver the baby is not only dangerous, but has to be kept a secret. At this point, the wolves show up again for some reason. Nonetheless, the little girl hopes that she can deliver this baby to its rightful home, that she, too, will be able to be reunited with her own estranged parents. The big question is, will she find her family? If this baby finds her family, then maybe I can find mine. You'll find your family. You think? For sure. Right. We already answered that. The end. I think Warner Brothers took a cue from Disney's Finding Dory. Uh, animated audiences just love finding things, so they just went in on that. Kids trying to find their parents in an animated movie is a trope that's running a little thin, like it was all a dream, or we found this footage, or Tom Cruise is straight. <laughs> like all these movies, like all these movies, noise, I could mash up all these movies together, and who would know the difference? Really? Max is missing. We've got to find him. <gasps> I remembered something. Building a human nest in the tree. I'm going to turn you into Kung Fu Masters. These type of movies <laughs> operated at 10 all the time, and yet... These go to 11. <laughs> Storks is the eighth. <laughs> Storks is the eighth film from an arm of Warner Brothers called Warner Animation Group. Wag. Thank God that studio wasn't founded by the Fillmore Brothers. There you go. That's... Storks. The Fillmore Brothers. Change the acronym. Are you with me? It would be with an F. Oh. <laughs> Oh, the Film Actors what? Guild. See? Uh, yeah. See, that's how deep the show is. Some of us <laughs> even don't get the show. <laughs> the guy who wrote the show doesn't get Wait, is the that show. Right <laughs> All right, well, there's that. Key and Peele's in it. Cool. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah, they play the wolves, which is your favorite part of the oh trailer. Oh, my God, that's my favorite. Uh, I could watch it over and over. There's one spot with his little baby, and he's just sitting there looking forward, and these two mean wolves come over and go... 
and just lick them for a while, and they're like, yeah, I like the taste of that. That tastes good. And they just do that, and it's cute. Yeah, I don't know why wolves are in this. I don't know. I don't, and I honestly, Bart, it's funny because Bart wrote that bit about. Mm -hmm. They raised by wolves. We don't know what the heck's going on in this trailer, but that was, he read my mind. And I have a feeling many people who watch this trailer trying to figure out what's happening. And yet, uh, you know, of the ones that have come out, the last few months have been really bad animated hole fillers. This one at least is like, well, I guess Storks is like a, a fertile ground with all the mythology and stuff like that. I mean, you could do like a, you could do a Pixar with this and go, oh, here's how that whole legend came about. They won't go that far. They no. won't be that good. But they, it is the Lego movie production yeah. company, right? Yep. Producers, yeah. <clears throat> so, so you have kids. Well. Yeah, I do. You'll be seeing this. Todd, are you going to go to Storks? <laughs> Would you? Uh, you know, it doesn't look that good. It doesn't look visually interesting. I think Andy Sandberg is really funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you can see him, <laughs> I think he <laughs> might not point. be the best voice actor. I hope I'm wrong, but... Uh, Would you uh, sit through this movie with your... What are your kids? What are we looking I mean, at here? I got a four-year-old and an eight-year-old. Okay. And the truth is, anything they put out now is better than they put out when we were growing oh, up. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's Very true. true. So, you know, That's like, true. It's... Even Win. if it's terrible, it's better than fill in the blank. What movie? Yeah, Win Savannah Smiles. Anastasia. <laughs> I'm just thinking Thumbelina. of what was that huh? thing with the, the sea witch or whatever? The what? Those, um, that TV show that was just awful and people in foam costumes just walking around the Sigma oh, Sea Monster. Oh, oh Marty well, Croft. Oh, How I dare you besmirch the good name <laughs> of the land no. of Croft? They're still around. leave those names smirched. <laughs> they are. That's two guys were just at Comic Con celebrating. Oh, right. However, the hell many Sorry. years have been doing this. Sorry. But you're right. I was a captain. That was actually kangaroo. before us. But you're right. Those shows sucked. Right? <laughs> they were horrible. Horrible. Sure. horrible. And there to give you nightmares as a kid. It was scary. Everything they created looked horrible. Yeah. So scary. Oh. <laughs> they all it was like Sharp Buffett stuff. You know what they reminded me of is whenever you're te- being taught like about germs when you're a kid and they show you pictures of like a green blob and it's got eyes and stuff and that's a germ and it could kill you. All their stuff looked like germs. It did look like germs. germs yeah. Could kill you. Yeah. 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 Spaced out space nuts or whatever. <laughs> Bob far Denver. Out, far out space nuts. Yeah, far out <gasps> space nuts. Bob Denver. Oh, like, what a cheap factory of childhood nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think I just named the, uh, the show. I did too. Did they I make the banana out. splits? Is that them too? No, but that's also them. nightmares. No. Yeah. <laughs> And that was, the banana splits was shot at like Kings Island, Ohio too. Like yep. in Ohio, I was like, this looks cheap because that's at Kings Island. Is that where that is? I think so. Is that home of the beast? That's right. Yes. Yeah. And the bat, which had lawsuits. Really? Yeah. You, they would whip people around too much and they got whiplash. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And my, my stepdad, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, was a t-shirt artist and he drew the bat t-shirt, which looks awesome. Oh, cool. I need to reprint that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think we're done with Storks. Oh, yeah, I'm done Sure. Let's get on to our second movie. I started done. I, I was done with it when I started watching the, tr- pre- the tr- preview. I, it just looks too hyper. I think maybe They have to be. Yeah. Uh. They're, they're, this is happening to theme park rides, too. Yeah. Now theme park Despicable rides are, here's a bunch of crap coming at you as fast mm-hmm. as possible. Thank you for coming. It's like, well, why don't we slow down? Remember back in the days of the really be- the best rides of all time, we get a nice setup. We take our time. And we see a whole bunch of interesting stuff. And we start to believe the world we're immersed and, and in is have, real. And then we have thrills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's just like, craziness, 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 craziness. Uh, did you breathe for a second? We hope were, you didn't. There was a ride, um, a couple. I think about 10, 15 years ago, is when they first did Spider-Man 3D down at mm. Universal. And that one is the combination of feeling like you're really there. It's in 3D, and you get moved around with the simulator, but it's slow enough that you actually... St- 
can see that that's Doc Ock. Oh my gosh, how are we going to get out of this? And you can see how you get out of it. But then you go see Despicable Me and you don't even know what you're looking <laughs> at. That's Stork. Stork's and Despicable yeah. Me, the ride, are kind of the same thing. Yeah. Now, is this the sort of thing that this distraction actually works quite well? Like, if you go to a more intellectual movie, your kids start to act up a little bit, right? <laughs> uh, not if it's compelling, you yeah. know, like if oh, it, like a... Uh, like Kubo or something. Uh, Finding Dory isn't frantic. What's the film? Do you take him to Star Wars? No. Not, yet. not that age yet. Like, uh, too many guns. Oh, uh, like. alright. Yeah. What's the movie with... Uh, Channing Tatum's in it. It's sort of oh, oh, it's the one with their strippers. No, 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 no for kids. Uh, All it's coming to me is yes, uh, definitely. Book def- of Life. Oh yeah, have you seen it? It's oh, really yeah, really good. Like, I heard that's oh. Leica, right? I think that's no, Leica. That, 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 it wasn't. Okay. Th- that wasn't them, but yeah, it, yeah. it certainly has the detail that they yeah. put into a movie. Yeah, yeah that's it's, based on like the Day of the Dead or something, right? Yeah, yeah. interesting. And that's Guillermo del Toro. That's probably a good animated movie. He's not gonna. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Storks will look amazing. Right? Yeah. You, you get to yeah. take the animation for granted nowadays. Yeah. So really just expect great animation, but then find the content you like if you're out there shopping. Is it really just uh, animated movies or just babysitters, though? Do you find you just put it on? and? Yes. Wow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, if you want to get anything done. Yeah, that's true. Know, you yep. have to. Your kids yep. have ADD, and of course, all Everyone kids have does. ADD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I loved that babysitter. Oh, man. I was obsessed with TV when I was a kid. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, the kids aren't hating it. They beg Ooh. for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They beg for it. For me, I was begging for more Sigmund and Sea Monster, HR uh, Puff and stuff. But the, I'm so happy that around. wasn't syndicated to where I was when I was a kid. I found out about that later. That just would. That's just game shows and Ghost and Mrs. Muir. I dream of genie. I kind of stuff. Still find it on I. I loved watching Oprah. Okay, it's got really quiet. <laughs> on to our second movie of the weekend. Deliver us from Storks. Man. Anyone still protesting the 1960 remake of The Seven Samurai can take the week off oh, right. as this week sees the release of the remake of that remake. They remade a remake? Can you even do that? We'll find out. Let's go. Uh-huh. More grandiose than the unassuming four. More flamboyant than the reticent five. More ostentatious than the self-conscious six. It's the magnificent seven. Oh, what's in the box? (laughs) According to IMDb, it's a story about seven gunmen in the Old West who gradually come together to help a poor village against savage thieves. Gradually come together? Mm. Well, thank God this isn't directed by Peter Jackson or this would take three movies. (laughs) Now, when a small town comes under siege from a ruthless group of outlaws... Pardon the interruption, but that would be a gang, Paul. I'm sorry? This is a Western, right? Right. So any group of men is either a band or a gang, depending upon their intent. So in this case, because they're outlaws, they would be a gang. Right. Forgot. Now, when a small town comes under siege from a ruthless gang... Wait, hold on a second, hold on yeah. a second. Turns out they aren't quite outlaws. According to various sources on the internet, the town falls under the deadly control of an industrialist named Bartholomew Bogue. Bogue? Bogue. 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 It looks like Bogue. All right, well, I'm stumped. If a group of ruthless outlaws is a gang, then what do you call a bunch of deadly industrialists? ExxonMobil? Mm. Look, you know the drill. An industrialist has set his sights on a quaint little town of Simpleton when gold is discovered amongst the rolling hills of churches and chastity. Unable to free themselves from the clutches of Bogue's deadly reign of terror, the town turns to a man named Sam Chisholm to help them save the town from certain ruin. Knowing he can't do this alone, Sam decides to assemble one of the raggiest, taggiest (laughs) gang of outlaws of his own to fight fire with fire. Took a job looking for some men to join me. 
But apparently he couldn't find any men, so he recruits a bunch of actors to help him seek justice and revenge on the evil industrialist mm. gang. See what I did there? I used the appropriate gang description. Yes, you're very smart. Shut up. <laughs> and once assembled, they set out to right the wrongs. The only way law and order was established in them times, mm -hmm. by shooting the place up, complete with yes. my favorite thing about action movies that take place in oldie times, exploding wood. Oh, yeah, I love exploding wood. We're talking about Boogie Nights again, everybody. <laughs> they call themselves the Magnificent Seven, otherwise known as oldie-timey superheroes, each with their <laughs> own special skill. Although not everyone is offering up the same level of competence and usefulness. For example, the Seven are a bounty hunter. Yes. Sure. Okay. I guess I could see where you would need him. Then there's the tracker. Yeah. Now, wait, if we already had the bounty hunter, why mm -hmm. would you need a tracker? You know what? Let's keep going. Okay. Next, you got a sharpshooter. Hey, mm -hmm. that makes sense. You'll need someone to shoot the bad guys once you find them. Then there's an assassin who is good with knives, as he is probably good to have around in case the sharpshooter runs out of bullets. There you go. But then there are the three final guys. Oh, yeah. There's the Mexican outlaw. Not sure why they got to bring race into it, other than to reinforce Trump's point that they're all criminals. The gambler. What's, what's he going to do? Split eights and aces? And finally, the warrior. And notice how they don't say the Indian warrior. Apparently the Mexicans are the only ones getting crap for their race in this movie. <laughs> now, the original 1960 film was described as an oppressed Mexican peasant village assembles seven gunfighters to help defend their homes. So you can tell this update is made in 2016 because nobody cares about oppressed Mexicans here. <laughs> the seven is magnificent. It's unbelievable, I can <laughs> tell you. Believe me, the best seven that you're going to find in the whole world are huge. If you want to avoid Oscar So White, here's the movie. Academy, your move. And for anyone that asks how you could possibly replace Yule Brenner, Steve McQueen, and Charles Bronson, I have two words. Denzel Washington. That'll do it. Well, I think most of the current audience is wondering what a Yule Brenner is. <laughs> and Denzel sits there still looking good after all these years while everyone gets older around him. And now the United Colors of Benetton brings you the rest of the star... <clears throat> Excuse me. And now, right, it's that. <laughs> and now, the United Colors of Benetton brings you the rest of your starting lineup of the 2016 Magnificent Seven! Denzel Washington! Chris Pratt! Ethan Hawke! Peter Sarsgaard! Bryce Dallas Howard! Or Jessica Chastain! <laughs> Actually, it's Haley Bennett. Yeah, it's Always a funny bit, though. Always yeah, a funny very bit. Very good. I like that one. And uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. And Byung Hoon Lee. But this Magnificent Seven... Oh. And Byung Hoon Lee. But can this Magnificent Seven succeed horse buckles less? <laughs> what? what did I just hear? What just happened? We're referencing old casts, oh, man. Oh, my word. Horst Buckholz. I got Google a lot of stuff right now. Mm -hmm. I wonder why it took so many men to save this one little town. Seems to me like they could have handled the situation with, oh, I don't know, no more than six, maybe? No! No, no, not six. I said seven. <laughs> Here's the climactic scene where Bogue is finally driven out of town. Oh, spoiler. Biggest takeaway? Yeah. Adam Sandler's The Ridiculous Six should have been released after this. But before you bloviate the classic criticism, why can't Hollywood make an original idea? Be sure you weren't one of the people responsible for the box office failure of original ideas. Hardcore Henry, Everybody Wants Some, and Elvis Nixon. There you go. Yeah. Three 
great movies that you didn't see. I know. I just saw Elvis Nixon, and it was fantastic. Fantastic. I could watch it oh, over and over. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even know that was Kevin Spacey for a while. Oh. He was out of hand. He was on fire, right? So he's playing Nixon, and he's just doing Nixon, and he's oh, crazy. He's nixing it up. But the next thing you know, <laughs> in comes, what's his face? Uh, I can't think of Michael his name. Michael Shannon. Just underplaying Elvis. Underplaying Elvis. It's the greatest so it's thing. Amazing. That contrast is so great. Oh. How underplayed Elvis is. Because you've seen so many Elvises, it's so disconcerting. Too big. Yeah, and then and then you start to fall in love with it, and then you get to Kevin Spacey an hour into the movie, and he is the most Nixon you could be. <laughs> He's Dan Eckert's Nixon. He really is. Ah, it's so good. And the other thing that was really neat for me when I was watching uh, Frost Nixon, which is a great movie, is that I felt Frost Nixon not as funny as Elvis Nixon, but go ahead. I'm sorry, Elvis Nixon. Frost Nixon was also a good movie, but Elvis Nixon funny. Whenever Elvis is told no by Nixon, and he is sad. And I was like, wait a minute, people told Elvis no? And then I get to watch how Elvis was like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a walk. And he goes <laughs> and he takes a walk. He tries to figure it out. He gets some chocolates or something. Oh, my gosh. Who would ever think that Elvis would have to feel the feelings that we all get every day when we're told no? I just thought that was fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah. in the middle of it, he has like two monologues that are just... Yeah, like dramatically brilliant. Yeah, and oh, so well delivered. The one in the mirror. The one know? in the mirror. He's about to go meet Nixon, uh. and he's this is all he wants because he wants his badge. But when he looks into the mirror and he delivers a speech to Nixon, it's about how his baby brother died on uh, 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 childbirth. In childbirth. Because he had a, a a brother that was more at the same time, but still born. So the mother had to have the uh, most wonderful day of her life and then worst day of her life, right? In the same couple that's, of minutes. It's greatest. And then he just goes to meet Nixon, you know. But <laughs> and then it gets wacky again. <laughs> I think it's wacky ah, again. It's really good. Have you seen that one, Todd? I have not. Oh, no. that's a good one. Right, that just one came now. out on streaming. That's how Karen. Yeah, I think it's on Amazon and Netflix right now. Yeah, oh, nice. But Denzel Washington. Oh, wait, wait. Let me just say one oh, more yeah. thing because oh. we need to plug these movies so you go see them. Hardcore Henry is unlike uh, anything you've ever unlike seen. Unlike anything you've ever seen. So original. Yeah. And nobody went to and go see, went it. To see it. They wait around to complain. That right. Then they go, <laughs> Warcraft. Uh, you know. Yeah. Which was horrible. And so you should have seen Hardcore Henry. <laughs> but then uh, everybody wants them. Couldn't have cost anything. So I, have, I hope that's made I'm money. I'm assuming that did. Even I, if I, it made like $110,000 at the box office, yeah. it probably turned a profit. I was being <laughs> a little dramatic against the critics who would say But still, it, it didn't sweep right, the probably. nation like it should have no. or like it would have in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, when comedies ruled, when your biggest movies were all comedies, Ruthless People and, you know, Breakfast Club and Weird Science, all those were the days when a comedy could take off. Everybody Wants Some is great and hilarious it's, and doesn't just generate the audience it used to. It's a, sh- it's a shame. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's indie stuff. It's like subtle stuff. It's a bunch of people just hanging out. Not, literally nothing happens and everybody wants some. And you don't realize till the very end, you're like, I loved that. Yeah. And then I watched it again right away. I, I stayed. Just, I was upset my plane landed. <laughs> now let me just throw this at you guys. Uh, going back to Magnificent Seven. Yes, please. Okay, okay so Horst uh, Buckholes. Who's going to see this? Are you going to see Oh, this? I am. You will see this. I'll oh, see this. Yeah. Yeah. Todd, you're shaking your head. Yes, you're going to see yeah, this? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see this. Movie. Yeah, all right. I'll tell you why. Because... This happened at Jane Got a Gun. Uh-huh. I go in and I go, all right, let's see what this is all about. And it only takes about five minutes in. I go, I love Westerns. I love ah! Westerns. I forgot how much I love I Westerns. I love Hateful Eight. And then everything gets excited again. I did love Hateful Eight. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Great. Well, and and you know it just that you've said that before, Paul, and it just occurred to me because yeah. Jane got a gun. It just appeared on Netflix, and I and I was like, it's awesome. Uh, I, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it looks awesome. Oh, I'll put it on my list. I didn't know it was good. But it's yeah. just like to be absorbed in that Western world. I'm like, uh, I'm gonna kick back. Let's hang out. Yeah. yeah. And then they filled it full of great actors. I mean, Denzel and Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fantastic. I'll tell you what, man. Denzel, I just watched a bunch. Did I just say this at the beginning of the movie? I was just watching a bunch of Denzel movies. No. We were oh, doing that the green show. room. We were talking about but, that. Yeah, uh, but I just watched uh, Man on Fire again, uh, and I still haven't seen Deja Vu. I love that he had this collaboration this uh, collaboration with Tony Scott, who I love, and I love that that's now transferred to his collaboration with Antoine Fuqua. So, like, Training Day. Uh, what mm-hmm. else did he do with the him? Equalizer. Equalizer, yep. oh, amazing! The greatest, great superhero movie right there. <laughs> yeah, the ending is fantastic. Uh, the ending, and is, it has yeah. one of the biggest explosions I've seen in years in a movie. And he right? walks away from it, right? And he walks away from it. That's like the best. a badass. That yes, the best. that one is not afraid to go. Mm, it's a little bit of a cliche for him to walk away from the explosion. They go, no, we'll just do it bigger and better and Bi- slower <laughs> and cooler oh, and cooler, God, right? So good. God, it that's got everything in it. That movie has everything. Remember when Denzel Washington was like. 37, 38. Isn't and, he? And, and then, right? And then he was in a bunch of movies and he was still like 38, 40. <laughs> and now he's in this movie and I think he's like 43. Yeah. It's really yeah. exciting for him. I think he's 60. I swear to God. Is he cool. really? He's can't be. be. He was insane elsewhere. Right? He was in uh, Rabbit Test. He has looked that. He was that, in Rabbit Test? Yeah. He's a handsome man. He's looked that age forever. No, wait. Was he in Rabbit Test? Mighty Quinn. He's in Mighty Quinn. Yeah. Am I thinking of it? He was in Heart Condition. Heart Condition. I love Heart Condition. He's not bad in Heart Wait, Condition. Carbon Copy. That's, that's what he was the in. One. Not Raven Test. He was in Carbon Copy. And you know what? With he's, George Siegel. He's not bad. In, that's a pretty good team up. That's uh, Carbon Copies. Because <laughs> isn't that a body switching thing? Carbon, uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Denzel is inside uh, George Siegel's body. Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. And in the 70s, they went, Ooh, black guy and a white guy switching bodies. Mm-hmm. I think the Intense. other guy lucked out if he's getting Denzel's body. <laughs> mm hmm. For sure, but it's it's a sign it's a sign that you should go. Now, if Denzel's in the movie, you should go. You should probably go. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I will lead into my next point with, with uh, the uh, black man inside of a white man's body. Because remember, there was the two-headed creature, the two-headed beast. There was Roosevelt Greer yeah. and Ray Moland, right? Yeah. And they had that terrible. Have you ever the seen thing clips with of this? two heads? The thing with two heads. It sounds like you're talking wow. about that children's show again. Uh, which children? Yeah, oh, that's very Croft. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Roosevelt Greer. And, and they've got, but it's terrible effects. They're both like, clearly one of them's hugging the other and, you know, through the arms of the, yeah. But they've got the two heads kind of one behind where a body would be if you were trying to do this terrible effect. But I was saying, I think Denzel is so good in everything. I don't think anything he's in, it can be all that bad. Right. Really, it's always enjoyable. If you made a, a man with the thing with two heads with Denzel and somebody else, the other recast would be a fun little thought experiment. I think even that would be good. Wow. <laughs> George Seagal and uh, Denzel is the thing. He'd with never two heads. do it, but you're right. Well, <laughs> let me throw this at you. Have we had a Denzel and Tom Cruise movie? That would be amazing. Right? In the same movie? Yeah. <gasps> it's like two actors in a movie? Yeah. Does One of those happen? is a villain? Uh huh. Like if he did two guns with Tom Cruise and Denzel Washington? Instead of yeah, Wahlberg and Denzel. Instead of Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. Have, have either of those two played uh, villains? Has Denzel oh, played Denzel, a villain? Well, Training Day. Yeah, Training Day. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a multi-layered villain. I even yeah. forgot. And yeah. I haven't seen American Gangster, but imagine mm, he's... Oh, yeah. I, I guess think, he is. I think Russell's guy. the FBI guy in that, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And he's not good. Yeah, no, he's... Uh, 
I haven't seen that, but I have seen uh, Hell Up in Harlem. Uh, that's a similar story, I think, right? Uh huh. <laughs> it's about a guy with two <laughs> heads. <Yes>. Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this is also a chance for you to hear, I believe, one of James Horner's final scores. This oh. is. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! I hope he adapts the the classic theme that we played there. No, dun, I, dun, dun, dun. I'd love to hear James Horner's rendition of Omaha. Ah, <laughs> of Omaha. What's playing on the oh trailer? Oh my gosh! Though? I like hear that. I want to take oh, a bath. Rap music. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah that's that's awesome. Awesome. It felt. It, that's I didn't weird. like that. Yeah, no, they want to like get you over there, yeah. just like, hey, Bon Jovi did it, and Young Guns. We can yeah. do today's modern music and find a crowd. Oh, I like that. They're such <laughs> badasses. It's like, yeah, hit some gangster. They had some Brian Adams in that Robin Hood movie. They just updated. Not nearly enough loot. Brian Adams. Yeah, not nearly enough loot. Oh, and That's also, and also Chris Pratt. Moving on. Hey, now. I mean, but that'll be good. That'll right. be good, right? Yeah. I love Chris Pratt. Yeah, no, I that's... Too. I like, too. No, no, he's, he's gold. He's got more talent in his little finger than most guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he's got the new trailer up for Passengers. And he can get away what? without wearing a shirt. What? Is passengers, that what we're talking about? Passengers, a new film. <laughs> yeah, true. What is Passengers? Uh, new film with Jennifer Lawrence. Sci-fi movie. Yeah. Oh, I Coming like Coming out this Christmas. Cool. So, yeah, he's on a roll, man. Because Lego Movie was fantastic, uh, which you referenced. Uh, Jurassic World. I didn't yeah, think it was, was fantastic, right. but it was gangbusters at the box office. And of course, great, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, man. The guys. Yeah, that yeah. And that Guardians 2 next year? Forget <gasps> it. He's like on a roll. And don't forget 10 years right before all that, which really launched him. Yes. 10 years? <laughs> yes. Okay. Sure. Fine. Should we look, look this up? Look for look it. it up. see a couple minutes of me in there. Oh, is that oh! right? Oh, really? Really? Yeah, that's right. Doing, doing what? Um, it's a high school reunion, uh, 10 year. And. Uh, I most of my scenes were with Channing Tatum, or my only real scene that was in it was Channing Tatum. That sounds great. Wait, Channing Tatum and Chris Pratt movie together? Max Minghella, uh, the Apple guy, what's his name? Fast Talking. Oh, Oh, Justin Long. Justin Justin Long. Long. Uh, The Walrus. uh, Man, I'm drawing blanks on names. There are a lot of other other great names in it, but uh, ten years. Ten years. Mediocre. Okay. But you were in it, so that's good. Yeah. No. All right. It's good. My favorite movie that you're in, Todd. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, it might not be. You might, are you either good movies? or you're good. I was just talking about uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Four with a friend. I'm like, you know, uh, uh, Crispin Glover. He stands out because he's an Glover. actual like uh, performer. The rest of that is being in a horror movie, and he's somehow uh, just in his own movie. I mean, uh, yeah. Name a movie he doesn't stand out. In. Well, yeah. Yeah. Glover, I yeah. see. Stand out. Rivers. And, no. My friend, we just <laughs> back to the. No. We just saw Back to the Future, and uh, we were there with the great Mike Nichols, and he was telling me a story about how he was at a party, and Crispin Glover was there with his with somebody needed to get water for them or something. And he comes over, and my friend Mike had met him, and he, they were all supposed to be at the party together. But Crispin is so nice. He comes over to Mike, and he goes, "Hi, um, my name is Crispin. Um, I'm, I need to know where I'd get some ice." And he's like, "Yeah, I know that you're Crispin. That's cool. I'll get you in the fridge. Let's get some ice." Okay. Great okay, use of Crispin you. Glover, and and that's always bonus points for a movie. If you use him well, that's good on you. Like Charlie's Angels, not a great movie, but he so is so, so wonderful good. in that movie. And he stands out amongst, in the competition is three hot chicks and Bill Murray. Yeah. And he stands out. <laughs> yeah. So well done, sir. All right, on to our next movie. Get ready to feel good, uh-huh. or for Bart, whatever passes for good. <laughs> He's, He's not, not here. here. He can't defend himself. Can't defend From himself. Walt Disney Pictures, the makers of That Darn Cat and Herbie Goes Bananas, comes a story about chess. Here we go. <laughs> Hey, Paul. Say, did you sleep last night in a pile of garbage and then wake up in garbage and then have to live in garbage? No? I didn't think so. But you know who did? 
Fiona Mutsi, a young girl who lives in Africa and is really good at chess. That's right, chess. The grandmaster of symbolism in movies returning to the big screen is a metaphor of how the most meager among us on the great chessboard of life can become a queen. So, what's your excuse? <laughs> queen of Cotway tells a story of a poor Queen of Cotway tells a story of poor little Fiona, an impoverished nine-year-old worker in Slumdogistan. Actually, it's Cotway, Uganda. Oh, that's different. A country different. so poor that its only export is the starving people used in the stories mom tells at dinner to get you to eat. Stephen Colbert narrates. I myself am from humble origins. My father was a poor Virginia turd miner. <laughs> he mined turds, John. The rich turd veins that run up and down the Appalachians. It was a hard life up at the crack of dawn. Dad goes straight down into the hole. 12, 14 hour days just to put food on the table, but that was life in the turd belt. Actually, Paul, Fiona rises from poverty to become an international chess champion. But earlier in the film, she's taught by an even younger girl who's already playing chess. So why doesn't that girl get a story told about her? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That'll be in DreamWorks. Weird. Regardless, Fiona truly is the greatest thing to come out of Uganda since... Well, she's the greatest thing to come out of Uganda. Now, normally a film like this would be an independent release, maybe through Lionsgate or Focus Features. But here you're watching the trailer and suddenly there's Disney. Hmm. I'm not used to all these lush African locations in a Disney movie without someone singing Hakuna Batata. So this must be, this must be a Disney nature chess. Disney is doing what it does best, reminding the rest of Western civilization that if your biggest problem is slow internet, then you don't really have any problems at all. I get so mad at that. I know. The it's irony, very upsetting. The irony that the production of a lot of their animated movies uses exploited workers in foreign countries isn't the point here, by the way. This is a rather classic tale of a young person achieving the unachievable against all odds and overcoming poverty. And when it comes to overcoming poverty... You can't overcome more poverty than Africa. Unless, of course, it's India. But then it would be a movie about spelling and not chess. Fiona Mutesi is played by Medina Nalwanga. And if that name doesn't sound familiar, that's because you've probably never heard it before. Which name? Either of them. Okay. And if you find Medina Nalwanga's name fun to say, then strap yourself in because the movie also stars our favorite David, our favorite David, working today. Oyelowo! <laughs> That's right, David Oyelowo of Selma and Lupita Nyongo, recently not seen in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Catway, Nyongo, Oyelowo, it's the new. Klaatu, Marada, <laughs> and while it's being reported for this joke that she doesn't know how to play chess at all, this is also Medina Nelwanga's first acting role, proving that playing chess is a lot harder than acting. She joins a very short list of actors whose first acting job was in a major motion picture, even though they had little to no acting experience. That list includes Barkad Abdi from Captain Phillips, mm -hmm. Everlyn Sampy from Rabbit Proof Fence, and of course Ben Affleck from everything he's ever been in. <laughs> Nonsense Toby Maguire's 2014 Pawn Sacrifice. Has there been a movie about chess? Which, when you think about it, isn't very long at all between chess movies. To give you some idea of how frequently movies about chess are made, there have been only 3,256 superhero movies made since the last chess movie came out. Think about that, H.I. To wrap up the plot, once again, Stephen Colbert. For them, it was a great job. You see, my father's father was a goat ball licker. <laughs> So 
go and check this out while we continue to wait for that Checkers movie. Get on that, Hollywood. That's right. Where's our Checkers movie? Uh, I want to see like a Liam Neeson Checkers, but like Battleship. And they have to make it space aliens because otherwise, how can you do a Checkers movie? Exactly. Like Battleship could have just been Battleship. But they had to make it aliens. Uh, Right. The aliens have moved into a red zone from a black zone. Oh, yeah, That's the best joke. It's fun. And, uh, and along with the director of Magnificent Seven. Very fun to pronounce. Oh, yeah. Co- Queen of Cotway, Fuqua. Fuqua. Antoine Fuqua. We get to say all the names in today's movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to sound like we're talking a foreign language. This looks cool, though. Uganda, go see it. Ah, ah, nice see, Disney listeners, that's the way it is here. Disney oh missed opportunity. <laughs> Wait, there, there's another one. Uh, Nyongo? 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 Nyongo, see it? Yako. Nyongo? Nyongo. So, this is another one of those movies where I think it's going to be very inspiring and I, I do want to see it, especially at home someday when I'm not feeling well on TV. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's really smelly there. Oh, like it's, it's, everything I will, see yeah, seems smelly. <laughs> it's yeah. Mira Nair, uh, the great Mira Nair, director of Monsoon Wedding, Mississippi Masala, oh, uh, Salam okay. Bombay, oh. Vanity Fair, with I think it was the last big thing that's been like a hyped up movie. With Reese so she's kind of an auteur, really. She's got her own, yeah, 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 her own so tone and style, and this looks beautifully photographed. Oh, too. Yeah. This looks amazing. Yeah, that's why you should get out probably to see it in a know, real theater out, yeah. outside yeah. the couch. I wonder if this is going to be nominated. It's a Disney movie doesn't get nominated for their sort of drama, but this looks like ready to slumdog its way to the to the Oscars, right? I mean, it's got the it's got this touching story. It's got this amazing like foreign landscape as its backdrop. It's got a rags to riches thing, and it's got and it's got the, Nazis. Wait, what? Other Nazis? <laughs> no, that would help. You might Oscars. be confusing this with something else. I'm just thinking it needs a Nazi if you're going to get an Oscar nomination. I think you're thinking of the presidential nomination. Oh. <laughs> hmm. That just takes a Mexican in offense. Uh, but, I, yeah, I mean, I'll, make, I'll get out to see it. Why not? I yeah. think, but the problem is, here's another one. I don't, it's a long road to get it to be a huge hit. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, for sure. But it's out there now to build legs. You know, it's out there to be there if in a few months nothing has been as dramatic and appreciated as this. Yeah, it know? certainly has a window before the big holiday movies. Mm-hmm. So. It has a weird indie feel, but it's mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Disney's name on it. That seems right. That was uh, that was surprising. Yeah, that's Mira Nair uh, going to work. This Jeez. seems like a Christmas movie. This seems like the kind of movie I would see at Christmas time and feel good, kind of achieve yeah. your dreams, follow your heart kind of movie. Oscars and Christmas, it kind of rides both mm-hmm. lines. I mean, yeah, Disney. It, it leads mm-hmm. with a quote about oh, like achieving your dreams. Right? So good. Make sure yeah. they're that you're. They're almost unachievable, and yeah. then you can yeah. do more to achieve it. It's kind of like an Aquila and the <laughs> I think that's it, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure they're unachievable and do and more. Do Make more. sure there's no <laughs> way you could the achieve anything. I think, I think the quote was from a <laughs> Nobel <laughs> laureate. <laughs> I'm just here hey, spinning yarns. We're, we're just quoting his first draft. You uh, should do stuff. Yeah, the Nobel no right, laureate on, started out. Like, hey, that ripping. sounds like Bill and Ted's when you did it. Look, before you before you accept your Nobel, just be sure to have be, something super quotable to say. Like be, People quote it forever. Be totally awesome to one another. What was it? Hey, you know what? You should be asking your country for stuff. <laughs> hey, why don't you say, ask not what your country oh, can do, do for you. Oh, a second oh. rewrite. See, it means a lot more. And you should always do your editing when you're not high. 
Fear is scary, but why don't you say the only thing we <laughs> Fear is scary? <laughs> Famous first draft. Fear is scary. I'm just going to say that. Mm, why don't we kind of, uh, why don't we Tarantino that one? We'll begin with the end, and we'll kind of uh, work our way forward. It all went down 47 years ago. What you mean is four score. <laughs> it all went down. Right? Did I do my math right? Two, two, rows, 87. 87. two, uh, two rows diversion of woods, and I took the one that wasn't plowed. <laughs> Wait. You know, you could say that. Yeah. Is this another drunk thing? <laughs> it's funny to do this whole sketch of a guy. That's yeah. his job. He's like the, the, pun, the punch-up punch guy. Okay. Yeah, punch-up guy. Yeah. Punch-up. History's punch-up. Yeah. That writes itself. Sure. <laughs> I regret that I... Ah, hey, I'll leave myself for my country. Uh, say no, you regret, regret that you only have. <laughs> okay, good. All right, cool. Ready? Last words. Last words, punch up. Write that down. Uh, write, write it that down. down. History punch up guy. That's <laughs> we're taking that one. We're going to shoot we're Thanks, shooting some we're sketches coming up here soon. That's going to be one of them. <laughs> All right, enough for the new movies. Let's get to know our guests. Oh, wait, 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 what? 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 Who called? What happened? Well, we can talk about that with you. Uh, J- uh, James Horner also did the score for uh, Bobby Fischer. I was reminded of that for oh. us, too. Uh, is this movie a female remake of that? Bobby Fischer? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I, I think it's based on did a true story, like right? Female remake. <laughs> oh, <laughs> get out! <laughs> did she did she go up against Fisher? I'm excited to find that out. Like, because I know she went, she went time period. Uh, probably, I think she's she was on she was on Oprah. Oh, so. I like Oprah. Oh, this is based on a true story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Come on, it's a movie, isn't it? It's <laughs> Disney, isn't it? All right, introduce this guy so we can talk. All right, let's do it. Todd Malta. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. No, I, I mean. There's lots to see this Todd week. Malt except and I, <laughs> Todd and I are related somehow. Just yeah, ask I my cousin Steve. He told us that. Well, all of us Ohioans are related. I found out Todd was from Ohio. Uh, so. That's right. I'm an Ohioan right. as well. Good place, right? Good people. Yeah, some of them. Some of them. <laughs> now, Todd, how did you end up out here? Because I know that you've got some cool work history stuff, but is that what brought you out here? Um, You know, I kind of came out with a girl. Oh, you know, I, 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 I like to say I came out with a girl and I upgraded. You know, oh, so. all right, all right. Um, you got that one. But, you know, yeah, of course, the industry. You know, all right. It's exciting. Oh, were you uh, pursuing acting or writing or what? Well, at that time, I was pretending to want to be a director. Okay. Um, uh, That's a profession in and of itself out here. You know, because yeah. like, it, was, it wasn't cool to want to be an actor. Like, where I grew up, like, you know, I was like... You know, it just wasn't cool, you know. So uh, if I want to be a director, oh, that's very masculine. And, like, oh, interesting. So I lied about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I wanted to be an actor. I, and you ended up in 10 years. What 10 years, What else yeah. is on that resume of yours? Um, what if I wanted to have a Todd Malta film fest? Well, uh, <laughs> I did a picture with Harrison Ford um, called Random Hearts. The oh. one movie. You were in Random Hearts? Yeah, I saw that. I mean, I did one line with Harrison Ford. but still. Well, you did it with hey. Harrison yeah. Ford. Dude, just that's in the movie. great. I've got the picture. Yeah, I was excited. All right. uh, um, but Sydney directed it, so I sort of had it in there. Um, Sydney, you say? Yes. Yeah. What? We'll get to that in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw that movie in the Bahamas. I was working on a cruise ship, and it was like, new Harrison Ford movie. I don't care if I missed the boat, and I had to take a little uh, Jeep or whatever in, in to, really deep into the island bus. to find the movie theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, got back on the ship in time, mm-hmm. obviously. But. There is that moment where you decide, you know, I don't really have to see every new Harrison Ford movie. Yeah. I remember that I, moment. I think right? that broke his $100 million <laughs> streak. Oh, I mean, did it really? Yeah. K-19 must have been after that. K-19 didn't make $100 million? I doubt it. Yeah. How about The Widowmaker? Uh, that did. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, 
Okay, so we got random hearts and yeah. ten years. Ten years. Um, that's about it for exciting stuff. What was your okay. line with Harrison Ford? What was the scene? Um, yeah, what happened? I love it. Do you remember the movie? Like uh, his wife dies on an airplane, and he oh, immediately yeah. goes to pack up her stuff. Uh, he goes to the grocery store. He asks for some boxes, and I tell him to ask the guy in the back. I said, <laughs> you yeah, don't even pal. help him. I go, eh, ask the guy in the back. Wait a minute. You were cast as a uh, supermarket supermarket stock, stock blow off. His Is that wife what you were died. Yeah, What's I wrong with you? That? I and wait, that. why is he getting boxes? He's boxing up all her stuff. What yeah, a creep! He doesn't give her any time. Then <clears throat> doesn't mourn. He was, he was well, when you got Kristen Scott Thomas waiting around the corner, you move things along, right? Oh, you, you get those boxes and get her stuff out of the house. I see. Were you credited as blow off? <laughs> <laughs> you blew no, off Harrison Ford. <laughs> I did have a, a tiny movie uh, for Full Moon, like they used to do a bunch of uh, crap. Oh yeah, uh, um, Charles Band, horror movies, right? uh, and I had the credit. Uh, Party goer number one, Ooh. which I was like, yes, right. Did they kill you? That's right. No, no, it wasn't one of them. It was one of their their sort of kiddie movies, Microscopic Boy. <laughs> Puppet Master? Uh, <laughs> Tell me if this is better than that. Uh, I was in a movie called The Blank Page where I played Reveler number one. Ooh. Party goer oh, wow. or Reveler? What do you think is a higher oh. status? Well, I mean, a pr- Reveler probably higher status, but Party Goer, you know, the people understand. Yeah, you know? we don't what know what I, I had to revel. I know. Did you revel in it? What were you doing at the party? Going, being, being <laughs> <laughs> clearly, I was going. Being angry guy again. first, get in the back. <laughs> in a crazy future where like mankind has been decimated, and the only way to survive is uh, through exuberance, like you two would really have to face off. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all revel. <laughs> <laughs> Revels. I need, I need boxes. You find these boxes. Find these. You find these boxes. Uh, okay, so you, let's slip uh, the name Sydney because sure. you uh, were an assistant. Would that would be the word? I or started as a runner. In the employ of yeah. Sydney Pollock, the yes. great director. I worked as a great. runner. Uh, I started. I was with him for almost ten years and uh, worked up. I guess office coordinator would be the title or third assistant. You know, but was with him a lot. A lot of personal stuff. I got oh. to sort of one of my claims to fame with him was I picked him up uh, from the airport when he came back from shooting Eyes Wide Shut. Um, you know, which he did because he wanted to watch Stanley Kubrick, sure. right? And he went over there for And he is good in that movie. Mm. Yeah, he's good in everything. Yeah, he's, isn't he yeah. one of the better actors yeah, who like was a director? Really, yeah. Yeah. Smart enough to be subtle, you know? But probably because he's watching the other guy, you know? He's actually <laughs> directing in the scene. Like, he's mm-hmm. throwing everything away. That He also studied acting. Like, I shouldn't <laughs> throw that away. But anyways, yeah. Um, he was supposed to go for like two weeks. He ended up being there for like two months or whatever. And I picked him up from the airport and I asked him, well, how did it go? And he's like, he's like this guy, like he's, he can't get anything done, but he's a genius, you know? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like he's like, hey, he's like, that feels good. I, I can't get anything done, but I'm a genius. And he told the story of like, you know, like uh, the party scene with, you know, a million twinkling lights or whatever, um, you know, they, they were getting ready to shoot. He stopped it and he walked out and he pointed up to one of a thousand lights mm-hmm. and he said, it's, a, it's an eighth low. You know, a guy comes out with it, you know, it's an eight low, eighth low, you know, like, oh, wow. which you know maybe was for show or whatever. Like, <laughs> but it would take a hell of an eye, and he wore glasses, but uh, uh, to pick that out. But I thought that was pretty cool. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Very yeah. specific. You imagine yeah. being on the set with Stanley Kubrick? I mean, that just doesn't. That's like playing with the I don't know. Name your year of your famous baseball it's like team. Playing soccer with Pele. Right. Exactly. Sure, yeah. yeah. Be crazy. And he was in uh, Tootsie, of course. Yep. Mm-hmm. Michael, I begged you to get therapy. Oh, that's such me, Michael Dorsey. (laughs) What? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's How did Sidney Pollack start? Uh, he directed from way back, but when did the acting thing start with him where he started no, showing he, up and stuff? Well, he studied acting under Meisner, I think. I get confused. It's been a while. But like, I mean, under the went, Sanford Meisner? Under the, yes. Yeah. Um, and that's how he got his start. And he started directing oh. in TV. And uh, his casting director for many movies, David Rubin, told me, he's like, there's always one part in a movie where we can't find the right guy. And he's like, well, I guess I'll just play it. <laughs> but he, but he, he felt like it might have been sort of, you know, because what, he still had love for it. What years of what movies were you with him as his assistant? Like, I through what era? started with him right when Sabrina came out. Oh, wow. And was there through The Interpreter. Actually, the Frank Geary, which I think came out after he did a documentary what on Frank, Frank Geary. Oh. Um, and uh, I think that was, well, that was his What is Frank Geary? The architect who did like the Disney concert hall, oh, those crazy oh, buildings oh, wow. or whatever. I got you. Um, yeah, so. I pretended like I knew that. Well, thanks for the interpreter. <laughs> I nodded. Yeah, Frank. Uh, <laughs> interpreter, Sean Penn, Nicole Kidman. She's an uh, interpreter. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Interpreter number one, I believe, mm. is her credit. She was, I think she Specifically. Was <laughs> but so you, were you ever on the set outside of when you were acting? Probably um, all the time or no? Um, no, because you've rarely shot here. Um, when I was with, in New York for Random Hearts, I went to the set every day. Um, and like he shot like a commercial with Halle Berry here. I'd be on that set or... Uh, um, when he shot Will and Grace, I went to go watch that, but never really got to watch him work a lot. But, you know, like he studied acting. He's directed a bunch of uh, Academy Award winning performances. I was super excited for the one line that I was going to do with him. And it was kind of a funny story. Like, what's he going to, he's going to teach me. Like, I'm going to go from being a mediocre best actor to a, a great actor. You know? <laughs> and he comes up to me and he's like, don't go for the Oscar. <laughs> that's the entire direction it's a great direction yeah. you know? it's great. I mean, that's like, true you know like but, but that were was you, it were you a fan of his before you became his assistant was it um, like holy oh my god it's Sydney no Pond. I mean I had to look him up yeah and of course I was like oh Tootsie oh yeah or out of Africa I remember thinking Indiana Jones was going to win the Oscar that year or something oh, okay. yeah. for Witness yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that movie should have won and or Color oh, Purple or something yeah, that, yeah. that was it took me a while to have an appreciation for Out of Africa because I was young and I was like, "Yeah, you know, man, come on, let's give it to Breakfast Club." You know. Well, I think he still might be right, but anyway. <laughs> no, a guy, a guy who was a master uh, at that point in his career—that's his later days that you're seeing. Through. Is he still trying to create, uh, work on his craft? And what, what does someone who's like kind of mastered everything do at that point? Like, what does he study? What does he, re- you know? Well, I mean, he how does works, he better himself? He works on a Kubrick movie. He works yeah. on a Woody Allen movie. Yeah. Um, what else did he work? What Woody Allen movie did he do? Oh, Husbands, uh, Husbands and Wives. Yeah. He's great oh, in that. He's great in that, too, right? Yeah, he's he so and Judy like, Davis. He's are pretty so good, good in that. yeah. Um, God, I love that movie. But, I mean, you know, he, like, he was almost film omniscient. Like, I'd see him in the editing room, you know, taking over for the editor or, you know, scoring, you know, punching up this. And, you know, like, he, was, he just knew it all. Like, he wasn't one of these. Guys who didn't know it all. <laughs> I don't know. Young up, one of these young upstarts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Husbands and wives. I forgot about that one, and I forget. And that's a movie when you put that on. That is an entrancing movie. That's that. That's amazing. But there's something about him being directed as well. Like he brings something to. There's something different about his performance in Husbands and Wives uh, as opposed to uh, some of the other actors in that movie too. It's like it's weird. It's like the director thing. 
I don't know how he communicates with his directors in a certain way that gets a a very raw performance in that movie. That whole right? movie's raw. I mean, Woody oh. just taking on that oh. that topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Given his situation, I mean, just that's cojones right there. Yeah, that's that is the year he got in trouble for dating yeah. his adopted daughter, and that movie features a young woman relationship. relationship. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, Not his first. Mm, no. Write what you know. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino shoots a lot of feet. Woody makes a lot of stories about uh, falling in love with young women. And of course, uh, the firm directed that as well. Uh, so we're, when he when he passed away, were you you were no longer working with him? No, I'd left uh, maybe a year before, a little more than a year, and uh, so I wasn't there. No, that sucks. How did he die? I, I, he got sick. He got cancer. They they chased cancer all over him, and you know, mm. Can- mm. cancer wins a lot of fights. And, Indeed. Uh, yeah. Stupid cancer. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Now, how did you even? Uh, you said you had worked for the production company and got hooked up with him. How does how does someone? Be, I don't understand. All right. So the, the I don't short story what's is, I moved to California and I'm like, hey, I'll get a job. I'll get. I'll work as an extra. You know, they yeah, make like, like seventy five bucks a day. You know, that'll be if a, you're lucky. Be rich, you know. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was walking into an extras casting place. This lady came out and said, "Hey, are you a PA?" And I PA'd on I one know. commercial in Colorado. So I said, "Yeah." Interviewed, got the job on, uh, that was a, n- had nothing to do with him. Uh, U.S. Customs Cl- Classified, which oh. was like a terrible uh, reenactment show. Sounds so good. What <laughs> do you mean terrible? U.S. Customs yeah. reenactment? Yeah. Oh. oh, that sounds like a true stories of the Highway Patrol that you right? see like I think 2 a.m. Maybe same, same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I right? forgot about that show. Um, but he forgot that he had a bottle of liquid in his laundry. And then like oh. over, play it over and over in black and white oh. and slow motion. Yeah. And yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> That's awesome. The the one of the producers on that show was cousins with Sydney's assistant. He needed somebody at just the right time when the show was going under and that was it. I kind of fell into it. That's how you do it in LA. I you know, just have it really to be is. outside of your apartment and anything could happen. Right. You really have to leave <laughs> your house. Only, yeah, the only place nothing's going to news going to happen in Los Angeles or New York. And is, you know someone's watching over you. Because you could have come out of that and there's Rennie Harlan needing an assistant. Mm-hmm. You know, but you get Sydney Pollard. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> All right, so now you're doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Flappers. where does that uh, choice come along in your life? Um, I like jokes. <laughs> yeah, I, like I don't jokes. know. I mean, you know, I hey, with two kids now, I needed something that I could do that I could do. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't go on auditions. I can't make movies. Like, but I can, you know, I can stay up a little late, write some jokes, maybe go out and tell them. And uh, so I started doing it. I kind of like it. It's worked out okay so yeah. far. Did you do like the class thing, or did you just wing it? I did, and I should do it again because it's it's a great not not necessarily that you learn everything, but you have to write every week, so mm-hmm. it, it forces yeah. you to, to you know. To I, I have to imagine some of the classes here are a joke because uh, you know some. Hey, that was funny. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. See how he does the comedy, <laughs> the comedy with the writing and yeah, the never talking. Never stops with me. Never stops uh, with me. For sure. But uh, but you happen to get a good one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Good. All right. Yeah, I would be worried about that. Really? This is like a comedy hub, isn't it? LA? Yeah, but it's also LA and New York. It's also, but the, so many things are uh, like comedy is taught by so many failed comedians, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, or, or yeah. acting is taught by so many failed actors. I mean, it's the cottage industry is so those who can't do teach. I guess yeah, yeah. is the the idea. Back to Woody Allen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And those who can't teach, teach Jim. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> yeah. ah, that's brilliant. So you got a show coming up, yeah? Um, I do. October seventh. Oh, really? You got Flappers, like a full, yeah, full show with Laurie Co. Martin from Conan. You may know. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 
I think I've seen her set recently. Did she go on there recently and have a nice uh, set that went uh, viral? Lori Kilmartin? I don't know. Uh, I didn't see the viral. Uh, Mary Mack was one that went super viral. Uh, I've, I hadn't heard about her, I guess. She's That's a great place for new comics. Conan's the place to go now. Conan it's is, for sure. Right? For, for comedians? Yeah, it, it doesn't quite have the strength that the old Tonight Show with Johnny Carson used to have. You mm-hmm. know, that would make you. Like, Conan's not going to make yeah. anybody, but that's your platform if you want to get out and do something. Now, did you have to build up to a certain amount of how, how long a set are you doing? That's the tough thing is getting up to like. They're short. Okay, good, that's good. I, uh, my memory's for crap anymore. So it's good. I like short ones. Yeah. Are, are you the guy with the little thing out there? Oh, what do I got next? Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Olympics. <laughs> the Olympics. <laughs> what's the deal? It's, what's, they're crazy, well, right? What's the deal? <laughs> what's the thing? It's always the iPhone now. You crumble the yeah. paper, but oh, that's it's right. always the, they check the their phone. open mics with Scrolling pulling out through. the phone, right? And then they go, the nah, nah. Oh, oh I know. here's one. Here's one. <laughs> yeah, that style can kind of go away. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bring your know. A game and deliver. Yeah, you know? figure it that's out. That's what I say. Have I, not I've done it. I've always wanted to, <laughs> after a bunch of uh, an open mic, go up and I've done a few open mics as well. They're 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 unenthusiastic. It's I don't know who you're playing to in those things most of the time. But I always wanted to do the thing where you pull out the phone and you go, uh, what else? What else? Oh yeah, iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's done that one yet. That's so dumb. <laughs> so Todd, do you have anything in the future? Do you want to write a movie? Do you want to direct? What do you, I mean, you came out here to direct. Do you still want to pursue that? What are you doing? Um, What's no, going on? You know what? I just want to make a nice living, spend time with my family, and have some how, free time. Oh, well then like, how do you do that? How do you make it in a living? Because I need hits <laughs> on that. Yeah, you pulled the it nine takes to five to figure thing. Out. You yeah. doing the nine to five thing now? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I have, I have a pretty good resume. We're you know, mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. it with like, uh, you know, working for Sydney and then yes. also Anthony Mangella. Where they become oh, partners. he's holding and, out uh, on us. And uh, Warren Beatty for seven years after that. Wait, what? Um, what? What is happening right now? So Warren Beatty. <laughs> yes, Warren Beatty. Are you working for him right now? No, I, I left him about two years ago. Oh. Um, but so I've worked for. This is, this is a joke that I can never do, but I'm going to do for some reason now because it's a terrible idea. Uh-huh. Um, even you know with all the non-disclosures, but I've worked for you know three Academy Award-winning directors. Uh, uh, two of them were great, uh, and one of them was so vain. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> now you were with. Wait, how long ago did he break up with Annette Bening? They were broke you, up. What? Yeah, they were breaking up. They were. No. I thought they were breaking I mean, it's up. It's in the tabloids all the time. Oh, I, okay. Then they got back together because that was like two years ago. You would have remembered because you would have been there. Two years ago I was there, but yeah. I mean, there's always rumors, you know. Really? And for anybody who doesn't know, the song You're So Vain is Carly Simon supposedly wrote about Warren Beatty, right? That's that's what that jokes go to. However. Supposedly. If the song is about him, then him probably thinking the song is about him is not actually that vain. I just want to say there's a bit of a flaw in that bitter song. (laughs) (laughs) Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Who was the last person you worked for then? Because that was two years ago. I currently work for Mayim Bialik on the Big Bang Theory. I love her. Oh, That's she's fantastic. She's great. She is awesome. Shut yeah. up. People always said I looked like her when I was a kid, and I'd wear the flat hat from Blossom. Yeah. Yeah, I had the nose. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> My friend Leah Finkelstein, I'll have to tell her, she loves me. I can't say her name. Meow. He loves her. <laughs> meow she mix. loves her. I, I don't know her as well. Meow mix she Bialystock. loves her. Oh my gosh. And her whole thing on parenting. I'm sure she's 
gotten ridden on that whole thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for you. How that's fun is that being? Very cool. At the real heart of Hollywood. I mean, you're yeah. there on the Big Bang Theory set. It's pretty cool. That's you pretty know? cool. I mean, like, it's that's really cool, good dude. food, you know. <laughs> and they, get, they have great guest stars, you know. Yeah, like, they do. Uh, Adam West coming through yeah. and... Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, not when I was there. but uh, and That's a yeah, Warner Brothers spot, yeah. too, right? That's right. Yeah, isn't that great? You walk on past the uh, the big water tower, and you're like, all right, I'm And you're supposed to be there, and you're not doing extra yeah, work. Right? Yeah, right? <laughs> Good for you. you that's the only time I'm over there is it's extra work. Or an audition, and you're like, oh, man, I didn't get this. I saw one of your sets on Facebook. Uh, from flappers, okay, and then you you steer clear of all this. Like you probably shouldn't joke about your job. <laughs> yeah, like it's, yeah, you know, cool. I mean, genuine non-disclosures, which I try to honor. You know, I actually I honor. Um, and it's like it's one. Well, it's not fun to always talk about that. You know, like people. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. I'm like. Eh. I guess, but I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about something else. I'm just thinking it might be... No, I mean, not I, you guys. No, no, no. That's cool. Uh, of course. We've you mean all, for content, mining it for content. We've all done know. jobs, you know. We, we obviously all have to live indoors, but I've been an assistant for people, and there's sometimes people you don't want to be around. That's got to be complicated because I've had to assist people that I just didn't like <laughs> as people. You luckily does not sound like that's happened. Because some of these people, well, the ones that, <laughs> like Sidney Pollock, I can't imagine he was a horrible no, person. No, Sidney's great. Sidney's great. Mime's great. Mm -hmm. but, you know, but they're all great. I mean, you know, Warren Beatty, Beatty has world-class charisma. Right. I, mean, like, I bet he's so charming. When he turns it on, like, Dang. you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. and, That's awesome yeah. to see that up close, because I've seen that yeah. many times in the movies, a movie yeah. where I'm kind of unconvinced. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I watch this, but yeah, I turn oh, that thing Beatty. on. Redford and you get to go inside too. their big fancy houses. I yeah. love that. Mm. Uh, let me ask you what we yes. ask every guest oh, who comes on the show. He's going to have to say Dick Tracy. You do uh, realize that. What is your favorite movie of all time? Uh, you know, I've been laboring this question. Yes. That's what it's there for. <laughs> um, There's a wrong answer. There is. Like, there, I, you know, like I liked good movies when I was little, like Stand By Me or, you know, E.T., The Goonies. Like, I remember thinking, these are good movies, and I still like them. You I know? think back then, the good movies were the popular movies. Yes. Yeah. Um, that doesn't necessarily intersect like anymore. Karate Kid. I will yeah. say, like, no movie moved me like Pulp Fiction. Like, uh -huh. for a full year after that, I couldn't watch a movie without thinking, right. it's just not as good. You know? <laughs> like, and even, like, I, I think it was finally The Usual Suspects, where I was like, well, at least he's not trying to be Pulp Fiction like all these other movies. I thought I could see that. But, um, but yeah, that one really affected me. Um, I have genuine love for Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, like, I don't even want to talk genius. about it. If you love it, let's talk. <laughs> if you like it a lot, that's funny. That's cool. I have that opinion, too. There's some movies I'm like, if you don't like it, I, it's just, let's not even. Let's yeah. just not even. Yeah, yeah. I'm there. I got you. So, yeah, we were talking at a dinner party the day about the best Tarantino movies. It's tough to come up with the oh, best. Yeah. I, I think I went with Pulp Fiction. The guy uh, who threw the party had um, Django and Chain as his yeah, favorite. He loved I like that, movie. which is good, but yeah. it's no Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction changed everything. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and sure. also, we were mentioning earlier that 1997, great year for movies. That is the full culmination of that sort of Sundance era, that early 90s, Clerks and El Mariachi, but then through Pulp Fiction, which was a huge game changer because it actually made huge money for being this sort of indie offshoot. 
And then by 97 through 99, 99 is another one of those years of Fight Club and uh, being John Malkovich and just tons of Random Hearts. Random Hearts (laughs) and uh, Memento. uh, Was it 99? I was on the ship, yeah. Wow. But, uh, But that's the culmination of that Tarantino and the Sundance era. I'll tell you what, I feel bad for kids uh, growing up in the 2000s, the uh, 2000 teens or whatever. Uh, we had the Seattle music sound in the 90s and the Sundance effect uh, in the Tarantino era. We got all that in the 90s. Like, sorry, guys. Yeah. We, we, no. we sucked up all you, the fun. So are you saying Pulp Fiction is your favorite movie? <laughs> What are we saying? I wouldn't you argue. Still no, haven't said I mean, that yet. Like, I don't. I, do I have to come out. Yeah. With only one movie. <laughs> no, you don't have to come no, out. The one. What's your favorite? No. The Cable Guy. No. Oh, yes, there that's you go. A great one. No, that's it, a great it, one. Matthew Broderick, right? Yeah. Oh, he's so funny. Oh, that's so quotable. It is. Yeah. And that's a. I have a whole set of friends that I'll quote Cable Guy with as well. Um, You're my friend. I, <laughs> give me a minute. I'll choose a favorite. All right, while we're doing that, we're going to throw things over. <laughs> what are you waiting for? An engraved invitation? Oh. <laughs> it's time to wrap up the show with a yes. bang. Pretty good. It's See? Karen's uh-huh. look at the birthdays of those who make the movies. It's Karen's birthdays. Take it away. There it is. <laughs> I just want to throw a little thank you out to Mr. Mike Nichols, who made me my theme song, which I got to tell you, I got to fess up to something. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, whenever he gave it to me, it was around my real birthday time. So I thought he just made me a little song just for me. And I thought, oh, that's so nice. He made me a birthday song. And then later I realized it was for the movie I showed. It was for my birthday. Hmm. Anyway, that's why I was like. Karen's birthdays. I thought he was like, it's Karen's, Karen's birthday. birthday. It's Karen's birthday. Yeah, that's different. Mm. But anyway, thanks for the theme, Mike. Ah, she thought it was an insult. Off. I was like, yeah, you don't have to mention that I've had several birthdays. I've had lots of birthdays. <laughs> just cut it up. I get it. Let's start off our wish of wiki, week of birthdays by wishing wiki a week. very wiki week. A very happy birthday to Miss Beth Grant, who's a friend of the show, who turns 67, but can play anywhere for a, from a stickler to someone you love to hate. Now, she's currently playing Beverly on The Mindy Project, and she has appeared in four films that were nominated for Best Picture Oscar. Can you guys name them? Wow. Yes, we went Speed. over this when she was in here. All right, you're wasting time Rain while you Man. think. Yes. Speed. No Country for Old Men. Yes. Uh, Speed. <laughs> Not uh, speed. Uh, Come on. Four best pictures? Four films that were nominated for best picture. Oh, They're not the winners. Oh, well, Rain Man and No Country for Old Men oh. won. No, yeah. no Country for Old Rain Men? I <laughs> think <laughs> you just wrote it. The one that you're you. not thinking of is the one that did not win an Oscar. Uh, she was in The Artist. Yes, that won an Oscar. Uh, and she was in Ooh. Rango, which won Best Animated. It's Little Miss Sunshine is the uh, other one that did not win. So she's been very busy lately. According to IMDb, she has four movies coming out in 2017. The f- uh. <laughs> Wait, what is that? That's craziness. Is she in Star Wars? I, no, no, she's not in Star Wars. That's Bill Murray. I don't know why we would play Bill Murray just randomly, but... Uh, it's, it's oddly enough Bill Murray's birthday tomorrow, but I'm trying to stay focused on other people's Sorry, birthdays this time. So uh, going back to Beth Grant, who is having a birthday, it's really hard for me to, every time this week comes into play, every, how long have we doing the movie, guys? Five years? I've never done anyone else's birthday but Bill Murray. So this <laughs> this time I'm trying to do We're something else. something new. I, I know. Seven years. And it was an accident. I forgot it was Bill Murray's birthday, and I looked up these other people, and then when ah. I realized I'd already done the work, and I was like, can we just talk about Bill Murray? Though I do want to say, since we're playing Bill Murray music, 
I remember first seeing Bill Murray in the uh, in Serent Live, and I thought that she it was so cute. I was like this little kid, and I'm like, I want him to date Gilda Radner. Later, I found out that he did. Mm-hmm. That made me very happy. He still references it. Mm-hmm. I got the chance to interview him recently. He mentioned he dropped Gilda. God, how could you not? They all yeah. were in love with Gilda. Uh-huh. Just wonderful. But anyway, Beth Grant has a birthday, and she's coming out in a movie called Lucky with Harry Dean Stanton and David Lynch, directed by John Carroll. And uh, I got to say, I thought this was kind of interesting that she, let me see if this is a one. Lucky, wait, wait, wait. No, I'm thinking of the other one. Wait, what is that? It's hard to concentrate <laughs> when I know Bill Play Murray's birthday is coming up. Play that again, Paul. <laughs> That's a bark. Let's hear you call Boris Karloff. <laughs> um, she was. I don't know what I have written here. She's also going to be in the long, the long home with James. It's hard to concentrate. I'm telling you, I try to do other birthdays and I can't. James Franco's directing, starring alongside James. Uh, she's going to star alongside James Franco and Josh Hartnett with James Franco. Ooh, we'll have to beat that one out. Fantastic. Um, also, it's kind of interesting that James Franco's also inter- He's going to be directing another movie. She's doing called The Institute. Which he also is starring in. So the James Franco's on fire next year, just starring and directing in his own movies. The year of Franco. So 2017, the year of James Franco. Okay, now we got done with her, Beth Grant. We're going to move on to Ed Bagley Jr. Oh, good luck. Well, that's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Who turned 67, complaining went from a Boy Scout to an environmentalist. And he uh, says he bought his first electric car in 1970, and his top speed was 15 miles per hour. And he only had a 15-mile range. Bill is just coming through. He's just coming through. He can't contain himself. For my own health, he said it was better to eat a planet... A based planet-based diet. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about Bill Murray. <laughs> anyway, I'm so uh, distra- yes. Ed Bagley Jr. was in the new <laughs> Ghostbusters movie. He was. Yes, he was. He was very funny in that movie. I liked him very much. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite scenes is when he comes over to Aaron and the other scientists when they're talking to the weird little nerdy guy. So funny. And he says, "Have you seen Mr. <laughs> uh, what was his name?" Oh, I give gosh, I'm doing so terrible. Mr. Aldrich? Yeah. And he's like, no, he died. And then he comes up and he goes, well, this is Mr. Aldrich Jr. And she's like, well, that's obviously who I meant. <laughs> oh, that's, that's classic Ghostbusters humor right there. Very funny. Uh, talking about Ghostbusters, I mentioned it's Bill Murray's birthday today. Oh, I love Bill Murray. I met Bill Murray when we were in Chicago. We were doing, a, he was doing a book signing for Cinderella Story. That's back when... That was all very new, and it was like one of the only ways to get near your favorite celebrities. And so Paul and I waited in the line. And as we got closer, I saw that Bill Murray was only allowed to sign one certain page, and you had to hand him the book, and it had to be open. And it was just kind of like a production line. You just fly through. So I decided that I wanted Bill to write what Bill Murray said. So I wrote this whole thing, and I even said, you're the best in your row. And then <laughs> I said, I, I'm so glad I got to meet Karen today or something. And so I gave him the book, and he goes, what's this? And he slowed everything down, and he read it, and he goes, I'll sign off on that. <laughs> he was super great. But yeah, Ed Bagley Jr. is having a birthday. So, so that's great in Arrested Development. Exciting. Oh, oh, yeah. He's really he's so good, good in that. that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Did you know he was part of a comedy duo in the 60s with Michael Richards, of all people? No. Oh, Fridays? A duo? A duo. Oh, duo. Ed Bagley Jr. and Michael Richards. How crazy would that be? You're that would Bill be. Bill Murray. Bill 
Groundhog Day ghost busting ass. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Ed Bagley Jr. is going to be appearing in Lucky in 2017 with our other birthday girl, Beth Grant. Oh, wow. oh it's Isn't coming together that of minds. Weird. It is a coming together of birthdays and minds. Paul, you know how much I love when celebrities sing. Uh, that is true. You know, Todd, if you don't know much about Karen, this you should know this. What should know? Last night, when yeah. we were talking about the Magnificent Seven, Karen actually said, this looks good. It's a bunch of people working together, like in Band of the Hand. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> That's, she pulled Band That's of the Hand on the good movie! <laughs> Have you seen Band of the Edit- Hand? Edited by Stephen Rivkin, by the oh. way. Oh! I actually yeah. got to hear this story once, and obviously I'm such a movie geek or whatever. It's not like he talks much, but but I do happen to, through friends, know the uh, a, a very famous editor. And he was just telling some story about, oh, I, there's some time I couldn't go to this or that or whatever. But I'm like, and I don't want to bug him, but I'm just like, well, what movie was that that you ended up coming back and editing or whatever? And he goes, eh, band of the hand. I was like, ah! <laughs> like, I'm just such a nerd. And he's like, whatever. <laughs> Directed by Paul Michael... Starsky and Hutch Glazer. Oh, yeah. Right? And yeah. produced by Michael Mann, Michael I Mann, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, oh, but also, Karen loves when celebrities sing. I do love when celebrities <laughs> sing. And I'm going to tell you, I know we were talking about Beth Grant and Ed Begley Jr., but it is Bill Murray Day. And uh, so, of course, it's it's exactly on September 21st, which happens to be Paul and I, our anniversary, which it's so helpful because that helps me remember when my wedding anniversary is. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I, uh, that, Bill. I just want to say, so I'm going li- to let you guys listen to something very special. Whenever Paul and I were having um, shenanigans in April, we went down to the Caddyshack in Florida. Uh-huh. Yeah, little shenanigans. Leave me out of this. Yeah. We were uh, having like a vacation, and oh, we ended up oh, at the Caddyshack in Florida with the Murray brothers, and they were raising money for some of the local first responders. And the coolest thing ever happened that Bill Murray performed. And so we were able to find some of that performance and we can let you listen to that now. And Bill Murray was full on lounge singer. That's awesome. To see that live? He was right next Uh, to me. Like right where you guys are. It was amazing. And what does he sing? Gloria. Yeah, that's amazing. You're right here. He's singing this. This is from when you're sitting right there. Yeah, I'm standing right there. Yeah. And I didn't record it because I wanted to watch it. Uh, hell yeah. no, so someone yeah. else recorded it and we got it's the, on the internet. Yeah. video. He's with the house band right here. And then he takes the microphone and he hands it to, he just sticks it in your face and you're singing with Bill Murray. I think the band's going to go for a bit. So while they are, I'll tell you uh, that that wraps up another movie showcast. Together with the movie guys, individually we are. Bill uh, Murray. Preston. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the movie guys, Facebook.com slash the movie guys, iTunes, Instagram, Google Plus, all that stuff. <laughs> ah! That he gets that, that Nick the Lounge singer voice still. He's so got good. that going. And he goes like this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks to all our listeners on WRFA 107.9 in Jamestown, New yes, York. Yes, and those people need to know that they need to write to us if they want to come see a taping of our show. We're going to do trip. it. <laughs> we're going to do it right in Jamestown, and we're going to need to get some local filmmakers on the show, so let us know if you're interested in seeing the show or talking to us about we what you do. We got the date on that, October 23rd, Sunday okay. night. You can come down and watch us tape the show and hang out. We'd love to meet you. That'd be great. Jamestown. Meet the guests that we'll bring on the show and talk to the filmmakers. Yes, absolutely. They're going to get funny all over you, Jamestown. Yes. <laughs> and uh, thanks to Todd Malta. Hey, thanks, Todd. You don't do the social media so much, do you? Is there anywhere? Not here? so much. No, yeah, no, no. I'm running. Better get that going. Mainly, from the forget law. all that in person at Flappers. What day? 
October 7th. That's a Saturday, oh, 7.30. Nice. Saturday. Very yeah, nice. That's right. That's right. Flappers, uh, Burbank. Uh, right. And you're with Samantha Hale, are you not? Oh, I thought I was, but I don't think oh, you're so. Not sure? No, like I went back and looked at the bill. She's a big out, flapper. Is that what you call yeah. when you do the play there a lot? A big flapper. <laughs> She's a big yeah. flapper. And thanks to Steve Scholes for his writing contributions to the show every week. And as ever, we owe everything to, to Pat, Pat Peach. Peach. Next week seems like an odd time for a Tim Burton movie, but we Ooh. get one. What? Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar oh. Children. Wait a minute. It's a week early. Doesn't he do October movies? I, it always seems like Kicking he got to the point there. where he's summer guy, you know. With uh, oh, I was Batman. thinking he's Halloweeny, but okay, you're yeah, right. Yeah, but so but that's the thing. It comes out the end of s- September. Maybe it stays yeah. through the, uh, mm-hmm. the Halloween season. The amazing keep, thing about money. Tim Burton once again, he only makes Tim Burton movies, and I just I didn't think you could for someone as offbeat as him, you good could just him. keep going. Oh, here's a good thing for Tim Burton to do. Good he just keeps him. finding. Here's another one. Weird, strange children with strange <laughs> malformities and odd powers and yeah, outcasts all. And uh, did I mention it's Bill Murray's birthday, everybody? Turned 66. Happy birthday, Bill Murray. Happy birthday, Bill Murray. Thanks. Diplomatic community. Movie guys.